And of course, all of that joy and laughter protects us from toxic stress, right? Adults are under an immense amount of stress. Parents are very busy doing, you know, miraculous things every day to get from wake up to bedtime. And so to me, what it does is it also helps protect us so that our stress is mitigated (laughs) because we plug in these moments of joy and laughter and fun with our kids. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T. P-U-R-O-A-I-R dot com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Today, we have Talia Filippelli, LSCW, CHHC, CPT, founder of Star Therapy and Genius of Play ambassador on the show. Talia is the founder of Star Therapy in Hoboken, New Jersey. She is known for her solution-focused approach to practical strategies and fearless mission to make seeing a therapist something people brag about. Talia is a contributing mental health expert for numerous media outlets, including CNN and CBS, an eight-time winner of the New Jersey Family Magazine's Top Docs Awards, and a certified holistic health coach and personal trainer. Talia is also an ambassador for the Genius of Play, a national movement spearheaded by the Toy Association to raise awareness about play's critical role in child development and encourage more play in children's lives. We'll also cover this at the end of the episode, but I also want to give you guys this resource right up front. You can, if you want to know more, visit www.thegeniusofplay.org for play ideas, expert advice, and more play-inspired resources for families and educators. Welcome, Talia. So excited to have you on here to share your expertise with us. Yeah, thank you for having me, Erin. I'm so excited to be here. 
So I love this mission for raising the awareness of play. And I have a little story around that. When my kids were really little and I was getting into doing more parenting and I went to a lot of seminars and things about preschools and play and child development. And I remember one woman in particular was a director of a preschool, very good child development background. And she said that over the years, what she had seen is that academics had been pushed down into the younger and younger grades at schools and had then gotten pushed down into the preschools. And so they were working very, very hard to push play up through, you know, have play as a way of learning and developing social skills and all kinds of things get pushed back up into the younger grades and try to kind of take some of that back. So I think this is such an important conversation I'm excited to have today. It is. And listen, there's there was a movement I remember years ago, like protecting recess. Yes. Right. I don't know if you remember seeing all this stuff in the media about recess that was getting shrunken and shrunken and shrunken. And really, we're doing such a disservice to our youth. Right. So, you know, I am definitely a strong advocate for keeping play in schools, keeping recess a part of their day. Emotional wellness skills to me are just as critical as the academic skills they're using. Very true. So I'm going to quickly. I want to break down your credentials because you have a lot of credentials, which are amazing. I love this combination that you have this great combination that you can just really reach a lot of areas uh, for people to help them with. So LCSW, licensed clinical social worker. I actually, my therapist is a licensed clinical social worker and I love him and I agree with you. I think people should be proud to go see their therapist. I love saying my therapist, my therapist. (laughs) Yes, yes. More power to people who are brave enough to go. Right, right. And then you have the CPT, which is a certified personal trainer and the certified holistic health coach. If you wouldn't mind sharing with us, what brought you to this combination? Yeah. So I've been a lifelong athlete. You know, I played tons of sports when I was a kid. I was the very classic tomboy kind of kid when I was growing up. I had two older brothers. So I was very much into uh, sports. We all played a lot of sports growing up and sports and being active and exercise has always been a major part of my life. And it's part of my self-care plan. It's how I manage my own moods and you know deal with my own stress and keep myself centered and grounded on a daily and weekly basis. And so knowing how important that is for me and obviously like living a healthy lifestyle. I'm a foodie, grew up in a big Italian family. I absolutely love to cook. And you know, so I kind of combined those things because I realized how valuable they've been in my life, just physical activity and eating right. And the connection between what we eat, right, our nutritional health, our physical health, and our emotional health are all intertwined. And so I really wanted to be able to speak intelligently to people and be able to speak towards those point of views when I'm working with families or kids or adults in session. We integrate those elements of movement and physical care and nutritional care for ourselves all into that clinical work. So it really just felt natural actually, to get the certifications and and bring those topics into our sessions. That's great. And that's so important to treat the whole person, not just the mental aspect or just the physical aspect, but they really do play off of each other. And I can so relate to you because I have been a lifelong athlete. I was diagnosed with arthritis at age nine, but I just have kept moving throughout my entire adulthood. And it has surely kept a lot of the damage at bay. And so it, and it's also just part of my mental health. Like I went out and ran this morning. I I had a, you know, kind of crazy thing happen this weekend. I'm like, I just need to go just, you know, let this all go. And I went out for a run this morning. Like it just is such a big part of the way that I decompress and process stress as well. 
and my audience doesn't know this and I have even forgotten about it, but I actually at one point was also a certified personal trainer, (laughs) but I let it lapse many, many years ago. I didn't use it for very long and I let it lapse. So good for you for keeping it all up. Yeah, listen, and people ask the questions. Part of what motivated me to go for those certifications also had to do with people coming in the office and asking, you know, and they are always interested in their whole well-being. And so it just kind of made sense to go get just that extra education in those areas so I could help my clients with all of the aspects of being well and taking care of themselves. That's so great. Okay, so let's dig into children and play and child development. So the first question I have is, what can you share about research? What does it tell us about play and child development? Yeah, so the emotional benefits of play and toys are proven by science. And this is repeated in the research year after year. You know, in addition to providing positive emotions and reducing stress, play and toys help kids learn and practice the five key components of emotional intelligence, you know, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how that dovetails with the playbook. But the five key components of emotional intelligence are self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. And so, you know, it's never too early to start teaching your children about emotions. And play allows like one way that's both effective and super fun for kids. And the research shows us that kids with higher emotional intelligence earn better grades, they stay in school longer, and they're better prepared to navigate the adult world as they grow up. So the value is very, very clear. Yeah. And also kids will play out their like social, emotional problem solving through play. Like they will take puppets or they will take their stuffed animals and they will work through their issues through play, which is just such a beautiful way for them to learn how to navigate that social, emotional world. Exactly. And it's kind of that very idea that we're looking to help parents amplify right? Educate them on exactly what's happening psychologically and emotionally, all while their child is playing with puppets and you see them doing their, moving their hands and, and doing voices and whatnot. But there's some real important life skills that are being developed all while they're having fun. So we're trying to kind of amplify that message, help parents make that connection, and then be able to support more of that for children so that play can become one of those settings that they build emotional intelligence skills in. Wonderful. So can you talk a little bit more about how play helps develop those skills or particular types of play that parents can either make sure they have those particular toys or kind of understand what's happening when, you know, when kids are using those as tools to learn social emotional skills? Absolutely. So I'll go through what emotional intelligence is, and then we'll talk a little bit about what's going on. Great. So emotional intelligence is the ability to express and control emotions right? So that's like an internal thing. That's what's happening inside of our bodies, right? Being able to express and control our own emotions. The other side of emotional intelligence skills have to do with the ability to understand, interpret, and respond to the emotions of others, right? Right. So that's the more interpersonal piece, right? In our relationships and in our social skills. So to me, play is kind of an obvious setting that allows kids to learn those skills all while having fun. And if you think about it, right, if you see a child even playing with another person, there's some pretty sophisticated skills involved in cooperative play with another child, right? They're coming up with ideas. What should we play? Then they have to negotiate and choose an activity to do together that's pleasing to both parties. They have to decide who goes first. They experience success and failures when they win or when they lose. And to me, all of that, right, we really think about it. We're learning how to cope 
with loss. We're learning how to empathize with maybe the other person who's lost the game. And they're ideally laughing. Ideally, these experiences are sort of soaked in laughter and joy, which, you know, that dose of joy and fun and laughter also means upping the really happy hormones that are going on in our bloodstreams, right? Releasing dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin, which all help elevate our moods. So not only are kids sort of navigating these emotional intelligence skills, but they're having fun and building their friendships at the same time. That's great. So what prompted you to work with the Genius of Play on the Emotional Wellness Playbook and why it's important and how parents can use it? So for your audience who may not have heard of the Genius of Play, the Genius of Play is a nonprofit initiative with the mission to help parents raise healthy and happy kids through the power of play. Their website offers play ideas, expert tips, and tons of free resources for families. And I've been partnering with the Genius of Play for many years as an expert contributor, writing articles and focusing on helping parents with the variety of challenges that they face in their parenthood journey. And when they approached me about the playbook idea, I thought it was perfect. It's just what parents are looking for. So what this playbook does is it provides parents and caregivers with play-based, screen-free activities that help kids ages three and up develop emotional intelligence skills that we, that we talked about earlier and learn to express their feelings in a healthy way. And the beauty of it is, you know, it's very much aligned with my approach working in session with the parents and children and families that I see in Hoboken, which is really about giving parents a shortcut, right? Parenting is really challenging. And if I can help give parents a shortcut or put them in the fast lane to understand what to do or what their child is really needing and how to best support their children as they develop their emotional intelligence skills. That's what I'm here for. And I love the double scoop of having children enjoy playtime while also at the same time kind of quietly practicing and mastering these emotional intelligence skills all at the same time. That is so important. Yeah, I think sometimes we just take play for granted. Like we try so hard to teach our kids so much like with words or directly or through lessons, when we engage with them with play, we can actually teach them so much. We can teach them behaviors. We can teach them responsibility. We can teach them so many things through play and then it's fun. Yes. And the beauty of that is I see children being more receptive when we teach through play. Very true. And I also noticed that the lessons that they learn are very like environment relevant. And I guess what I mean by that is that when we can help them practice these skills all while playing, it's very easy for them to then generalize that skill to the playground or to recess or to free play time in school when they're with their classmates and they're not necessarily with us or with an adult. It becomes easier for them to generalize the skill set to other areas of their life, even when we're not there, which is just awesome because that's where they really practice and really master the skills. Right. Yeah, that's great. That's a great point. They get that practice and then they can actually extrapolate it later and use it in other scenarios when they really need to have the skills. That's a, a really great point. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? 
Look no further than HomeThreads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. HomeThreads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. So let's talk about this, about coping and resiliency of these difficult emotions. Um, What can we do to help kids with this? So resiliency is like my number one mission (laughs) in in my professional life with my kids, with myself, just really learning how to work through difficult experiences. You know, difficult experiences and difficult emotions are inevitable, right? It's part of being a human. You know, we really need to teach our kids how to process those feelings so they can overcome and become even stronger as a direct result of going through that difficult experience. And that's really, truly the definition of resilience right? It's when we have to face a difficult experience and we actually come out the other side, a better, stronger version of ourselves than we were before we had to face that obstacle. And really, instead of kind of feeling badly that something bad or something we didn't expect happened to us, what we do is we help children find meaning and purpose in those experiences. 
And to me, what the overcoming part, right, the overcoming, the conquering, the moving beyond the tough experience, it really serves as a source of pride, a source of accomplishment where we adults, kids can look back and say, gosh, that was hard, but here I am. I made it through. I'm on the other side of it. And what happens is, of course, as more of those experiences happen and more achievements and overcoming happens, we become more resilient. And if we can start helping support these skills in children at an early age, what we see is resilience is just a very natural, positive consequence that comes as a result of having to deal with difficult experiences, which, come on, at a young age, we're talking about maybe being excluded on the playground, right? We're talking about maybe being turned down for a play date. These are very basic, but very normal growth opportunities for kids. Or even like building the train tracks and the trains don't meet, tracks don't meet up together. And then they're all frustrated because they don't have a complete track and having to like stop and figure out how do I get my train tracks to all meet up at the end? (laughs) Bingo. Exactly. Exactly. That is a real dilemma in a play setting for a child who is trying to put together a functioning train track. And they have to learn how to deal with maybe frustration in that moment. They have to problem solve in that moment. They have to regulate their emotions, maybe cooperate with another child they might be playing with to come to some resolution. I mean, tons of skills that if you just fast forward, we're talking about kids who are now in a college setting, having to do a research project with partners in a work setting, right? Where they're having to work cooperatively with a group of people on a goal. The skills are just so applicable across the lifespan. And I I just feel if we can help kids master it early in life, they have that much more time to make use of those skills in productive ways. So just to kind of pull it together is just allowing kids to have these opportunities for play and giving them the opportunities to get frustrated and problem solve is building these skills, social emotional skills, including coping and resiliency that they're going to need going forward. They're not just playing. They're not just wasting time. They're doing so much. It's giving them so much skill that we under the surface if we don't understand what's going on. Exactly. Which is why I think that the emotional wellness playbook is such a timely resource because what we're trying to do is really help parents see and recognize there's really a depth of learning that's taking place during playtime. And if we can help them understand that, I think what we'll very clearly and very quickly see is parents are going to support that even more and really help support cultivating those skills for their kids. So I just, I feel like I got to tell a little bit of this story because it fits so well with this. So my son, my oldest is now 14 and he plays tennis, which is an extremely mental game and takes a lot of emotional intelligence to play this game. And we had an incident this weekend where he went to a tournament and in the finals, the kid cheated and my son didn't know what to do or how to handle it. I couldn't see what was happening, but they were in the final tiebreaker set for this match. And my son was up nine. So I found this out yesterday when we went to talk to his coach about how do we handle this in the future? But he was up nine, seven and the tiebreaker was to 10. And my son, they make a play. He hits the ball. The kid calls it out. And it would have been the game point, the match point. Sorry, the set point and the match point. Tennis is very confusing. Anyway, (laughs) to belabor all this. So the kid calls it out. But my son said it 
it was definitely in. It was like in within a foot and a half. And so when I talked to him about it this morning, I said, well, what were you thinking at that point? And he said, well, I was still two points ahead. So I figured it, I'd just get the last point and I'd be done. So he does it and it happens again. So he's like, the next thing I know, it's nine, nine. And so we now know after talking to his coach that the next time he stops the match and goes to get the director, has them watch the rest of the match so that there's no cheating going on. Anyway, too late. In the end, the kid ended up winning. Didn't really win, but he ended up cheating and getting the points he needed. So I'm livid when I find out exactly how it went down. I'm angry. I'm livid. I'm upset. I'm upset for my son, but I'm more upset because he cheated and got away with it. I'm upset because this kid's going to go on and play other kids and they're going to have to deal with him. I'm upset because it messes up everybody's rankings, not just my son's. It messes up a lot of other kids' rankings. Like it just, it really messes up the whole system and how it works. And I'm really angry and frustrated. And I wanted to go back and email the director, which you're really not supposed to do. And my son looks at me, he goes, it's fine, mom. And I'm like, it's not fine. <laughs> and um, he just says, you know what? He's like, it's going to come around and get him at some point. Like this kid's going to do it the wrong time, the wrong place the, with the wrong kid, the wrong family. And he's going to get caught. And he's going to end up playing people he shouldn't be playing because he's really not at that level. Like, it's fine. It's, it's all going to come around. And my son's over it and he's done and he's moving on. He like, he knows this is a short term thing, not a long. I'm just, I'm blown away by my son's emotional intelligence. And I'm here like, you know, over here, like he deserves to go down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But Erin, what you're saying is exactly what I see in the office too. I mean, young people are just, they floor me at how the depth of their understanding, the layers of comprehension that they go to when they process through these experiences is impressive. I am not shocked at all that your son was there. Maybe you weren't and that find myself in that situation too. But really young people, if you just sit and talk to them, they have a lot to say about how they make sense of the world and how they interpret the experiences they go through. And kudos to your son for, I mean, what a mature perspective, really. Yeah, it really is. So I, I love that you said that because I remember when I was working with parents too, like the things that our children are capable of, it can be really, really surprising when we give them the skills and the opportunities, what they can take and run with is just shocking sometimes. So I love that you shared that. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's it's it, it's so impressive to me and I just adore them so much. Teens, tweens, it's, it's really amazing how much they understand when you start to scratch the surface. And when you were talking about taking the lessons from that experience, like that's the important thing is taking the lessons. Yeah. And think about that, you know, in some of these situations, and this is life, right? What you're talking about is something that happens in life. Is it, is it right to cheat? No. Do people do it? Yes. Some people get away with it. Some people get caught right? But what your son was able to do is he was able to think beyond the moment that he was in, right? He was able to identify, yes, okay, I know that this kid called the ball wrong, but he looked beyond today. He looked beyond this week and he was able to look into the future and say, you know what though? It's going to come back around and bite him. I don't have to get up in arms. I don't have to go back and try and fix it or make it change or whatever, he was able to actually achieve a level of acceptance and trust in the universe that you don't get away with it forever. And at some point it will catch up to him. And he didn't allow it to bring him down. It sounds like he was able to really keep himself intact, which again, that's the resiliency piece. 
the next time this happens, he's going to be able to rely on this experience to say, you know what, I'm okay. I accept this and whatever happens later happens later. And he just, he was able to find that pathway for himself. Whereas for some other kids, it could have gone very, very differently. Yeah, very true. And of course, now he knows he's allowed to stop down the match when that happens, especially when it's that important at the end of the game. His coach is like, you can stop the match and say, you know, that was definitely in. You stop it down, say, I'm leaving for a minute. I'll be back and come back with the director and have him watch the rest of the match. And then that's that. So, you know, he knows what to do. Yeah, but he learned something, right? Yeah, self-advocating. Yes, he found his voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to have this one last question, which I think is a great question, really important question. Let's talk about play beyond childhood. Is play mostly for children or can we adults benefit from play also? Play is absolutely not just for children. <laughs> absolutely not. And actually, I encourage adults to take some of these activities through the Emotional Wellness Playbook and engage with your kids doing these activities. Some of these activities are meant to be cooperative and collaborative, either with several children or an adult and children together. And the benefits for caregivers and parents are huge, huge. I mean, we see the kidult trend coming up. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's different toy companies that are actually developing toys, marketing them to adults. Oh yeah, yeah, Lego. Yes, I mean, honestly, Erin, the beauty of that is that it's helping adults kind of reawaken their joy for toys and fun and engaging with their children on a child's level, right? Like that to me is the benefit for adults. We can see the world through our child's perspective. We get to know our children more. When we play with them, we get to know their personality, their humor, little quirks about them. You know, we have the ability to rejuvenate our own energy because playtime with children and laughter is typically kind of a silly, fun experience or I always believe it should be. And of course, all of that joy and laughter protects us from toxic stress, right? Adults are under an immense amount of stress. Parents are very busy doing, you know, miraculous things every day to get from wake up to bedtime. And so to me, what it does is it also helps protect us so that our stress is mitigated (laughs) because we plug in these moments of joy and laughter and fun with our kids. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Great information. So tell the audience again, I know we talked about the website a couple of times, but um, feel free to remind us if there's anywhere else to find you resources that you want to share. Yeah. So the genius of plays.org is like I said, fabulous website. Your audience can download the playbook. They can view it as a flip book on the screen. They can print it, whatever is easiest for them. In addition to the playbook, there's tons of articles that are addressing all different topics under the sun that relate to parenting and the challenges of parenting and raising good humans. My practice is called Star Therapy. If anybody is interested in treatment or has a clinical need, my practice is called Star Therapy. Our website is startherapy.com. And, you know, we're here to support parents. We're here to make parenting a little easier. That's, that is the goal. Awesome. And just so you all know, Star is with two R's, S-T-A-R-R, therapy. Correct. And I will also add that in the description of the episode. So we'll have that out there. Okay. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you so much, Talia, for coming on and sharing all this great information. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. I could talk your ear off about this stuff. So anytime you want to chat again, you let me know. Awesome. (laughs) 